You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. The new book by Lauren Rhodes is 199 Cemeteries to See Before You Die. Thank you for joining me, Lauren. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is a travelogue, but a very unusual travelogue. What got you started visiting cemeteries? What made you decide that was a destination that you wanted to reach before that was not final? Well, it's one of those things where, you know, I started by accident and I'd visit one cemetery and then that would lead me to, well, you know, maybe I ought to see something else. And it got to the point where I was writing a column about visiting cemeteries and I realized, oh, there's a whole lot of history I haven't seen yet. So my husband and I took a trip at one point where we saw 17 cemeteries in 11 days and, you know, tick things <laughs> off the list. So now my list keeps growing at the bottom because as I travel, people say, oh, you know, you're coming to my town. Here's the cemetery you should see. I was amazed by the variety of cemeteries and the variety, I guess, of um, what I would call secondary uses. I mean, some of them are parks, some of them are museums, some of them are monuments. Uh, talk about that kind of variety and the power of cemeteries to preserve land for a purpose maybe slightly other or more than just burying people. One of the things I find really fascinating about the old city cemetery in Sacramento is that it has a, an antique rose collection wow. where people you know, were originally buried in the 1880s with a rose bush on their grave, and the climate is really good for roses. So these are roses that don't exist anywhere else anymore, that, that you know, they've been grafted and bred and all of that. Uh, so we have our current hybrids, but the original rose bushes still exist up in the Sacramento Cemetery. That's amazing. What, who knew that a cemetery would be essentially a museum for uh, antiquated rose yeah, varieties? Yeah. Well, and um, there are cemeteries in Kansas and Oklahoma where the prairie grasses are allowed to grow. I think there's one also in, in St. Louis, Bellefontaine in St. Louis, has a prairie section. You know, the prairie has been wiped out, mm -hmm. grazed to death, and the Dust Bowl and all of that you know, completely destroyed the prairie. But these prairie grasses still exist in the cemeteries. So, you know, at some point, maybe we can... It's a cemetery for old America as exactly. opposed to just humans. I think that um, when I look at a cemetery, I, I had never thought about this until I read your book, but cemeteries are essentially libraries, chalk a block with stories. And I think that the one takeaway of this book, this book is 199 stories, each of which probably has 1,099 yeah. stories within it. Well, and it's... It's just a drop in the bucket. Mm -hmm. 199, nah, 199 <laughs> cemeteries seems like a lot, but it's not. You know, I could easily have done a thousand cemeteries. You maybe couldn't <laughs> see them all before you died, you know, unless you've got to start on it now. But there's so many places where I had to, to make hard choices. You know, I could only have six cemeteries in California. California's huge, and our history is fascinating, and so. I oh leave my. a lot of things out. Do you, will there be uh, 199 more cemeteries? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I thought, too, was that cemeteries also tell us a lot about any cultural moment in that 
what is buried there and also our reaction to what is buried there. And I'm thinking of the Civil War, the cemetery where there's a 90-foot pyramid to Civil War uh, veterans. I think that's a really interesting uh, moment for us right now. Well, and things that continue to exist in cemeteries mm -hmm. that make you wonder. Um, you really wish it wouldn't. You well, don't want to be reminded of some of that stuff, too. In, uh, in Metairie Cemetery in New Orleans, there's a, a monument to the Army of Northern Virginia, which was the, the Confederate Army. And it has a huge uh, column, and on top of it is a, a statue. And it it still has the shadow of letters that mark it as the grave of Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis hasn't been there in almost a century. He was moved to the Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond, Virginia. But it still commemorates that Davis was at one point buried there and you know had the biggest funeral that New Orleans had ever seen. Uh, that's strange to me that we're clinging to the memory of that. You know, even as New Orleans is taking down its Confederate monuments now, that still exists in the cemetery, and it still um, gives you food for thought, you know, to stand there and wonder why that memory is so important to, to hang on to. Memories in South America, too. I mean, when I was thinking of uh, when I... All you have to do is see the the location is Medellin, Colombia, mm -hmm. and you think, oh my God, there's a war going on there. Yeah. Never declared, but a lot of bodies. Yeah, um, the cemetery in Medellin was fascinating. Once I started to research it, uh, there's a whole series of graves that are built in the 80s during the worst of the the drug war, and. You know, they have aluminum siding and <laughs> sliding glass doors. And, and, you know, they're basically people's houses in miniature because that's that was the culture of the time. That was where these drug lords wanted to, you know, put their money where they could be remembered. So now we look at it and wonder about the taste involved in that. <laughs> but but at the time, that was the height of fashion. So Well, it tells us something about ourselves, which is something we, I think, generally need to hear. Mirrors are unfortunately accurate in their it's depiction of, of that which is reflected in yeah. them. Um, it strikes me that this book is, you know, it's filled with lots of really beautiful photographs. It's really uh, fun to, to just look at. Uh, talk about collecting the photographs. Are, how many of these are yours? Or? Not as many as I would like, mm -hmm. but... Um, there are a number. The AIDS Grove photo is mine. Some of the Highgate photos are mine. Highgate um, is amazing. Yeah, it, it, you you can't take a bad picture there. <laughs> it's just too beautiful. But um, the when the publisher con contacted me to write the book, um, they gave me pretty much free reign of what cemeteries I wanted to include, and then I gave them a little bit of direction on what kind of photographs to find for them but they they chose most of the photographs on their end I think they did a beautiful job I was blown away by I, some of the things they came up with it's really gorgeous uh, where next well the project I have been wanting to work on for the longest time is the pioneer cemeteries of the San Francisco Bay Area wow because 
There are no active cemeteries in San Francisco anymore. They were all dug up in the 1940s and moved to Colma. So I have a real sense of once real estate starts rubbing their hands together and wants the land, nothing is sacred. It'll mm. all be dug up. So I want to document these places. And the original uh, 18th century, 19th century history of the area each town was very specific. They had different roles to play. Uh, Redwood City was logging, and Half Moon Bay was Portuguese fishermen. And these things are reflected in their pioneer graveyards. You know, you can find epitaphs in Portuguese in Half Moon Bay. And you can find lumbermen's graves in Redwood City. And I think that's really cool. You know, <laughs> now in our homogenous 21st century world, you know, it's it's cities from the tip of the peninsula all the way down but back then you know every little city every little town had its own character and and i want to record that that's that's my plan the new book by lauren rhodes is 199 cemeteries to see before you die thank you for joining me lauren oh it's been a pleasure thank you You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.